Okay, everybody. Exciting news. Get ready, because we have been invited to be on an upcoming episode of the Out There Cryptid podcast. Out There Cryptids. That's the handle on social media. It is Out There, a cryptid podcast. Check us out. We're going to be on there talking about a demon. Yeah, and, and while you're there, go see the other episodes, go listen to the other episodes, go hang out with our, our pal Josh. Yeah, he's awesome. And then we are also going to have Josh on our podcast in an upcoming episode. So brace yourselves, because that'll be a real trip. That's right. So go check out Out There Cryptids. Chickity, checkity, checkity, check. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> hello hello everybody welcome back to oddities everybody everybody (laughs) i'm cassie i'm anna and today nope i always fucking do that before we do anything our social media is in the uh, episode description box but i would like to draw your attention to our patreon we would love it if you would please donate to our show if you are able to you can find us on Patreon under Oddities Podcast. It's also in the uh, description below. Like I said, Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. How do you spell Oddities? O-D-D-I-T-I-E-S. That's right. And we also have an email. We would love to hear your um, topic suggestions or if you have any stories. We would love to do another listeners episode. Uh, our email is oddities.talk at gmail.com. That's also in the description. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> the end. The Bye. End. See everybody later. <laughs> How are you? How are... Oh, I was just going to ask you. I'm fine. Thank you. Um, Not too much to report. It's been a while because... Uh, you were on vacation, and then um, we weren't able to record last week, and so it, it's been a couple weeks. I missed you. I know. This is so nice. This is. And then, let's see. Last week, I was back in New Jersey visiting family, and I um, <clears throat> I had, like, a treat myself week. So I got my ears pierced. I got two more piercings in each year, so I have three total in each year. And then I also got my hair colored. So you did? I didn't know that. It's very subtle. I got like um like some do you see it? Yeah, it's like honey. Yeah. It's pretty. So thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, I figured okay, well, the wedding may be canceled, but I still want to do the things that I was going to do anyway. So That's right. The wedding <laughs> may be canceled, it's not canceled but it's your postponed. joy isn't. That's right, but my joy in looking good is not. So That's here right. I am. <laughs> What's the latest for you? Uh we went on vacation. It was wonderful. I never wanted to come home. Uh, and then nice. because we went somewhere, we went to a different state, we had to come home and I've been quarantining. And because of that, I've been consuming so much TV. Anything good? Oh, Lovecraft Country is one of the most amazing shows I've watched in a really long time. Um, I rewatched... Taboo, which was on FX for a while with Tom Hardy. That show was good. Still good. Okay. I also, okay, I, I have to talk about this. I rewatched The Omen. 
That movie, stupid. I haven't seen it in like a million years, so I really can't weigh in. But I, if you say it's stupid, chances are I would agree with you. I mean, like, the concept is stupid. It's a child. Punt it. Yep. It's not hard. You're a fully grown adult. Going back to our first episode, ladies and gentlemen. I also don't, I don't think that the, the premise of a child being threatening is, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work on me. I, do, I don't believe no, that your child's the Antichrist. I just don't. Like, in real life, if a child was threatening me, I would probably just, like, slap the shit out of it. Like, R- shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah. And these are, like, the- Fucking junior. The- <laughs> The, the nanny jumps off the roof and it's, she's like, it's all for you, Damien. And as it was happening, I was watching it out loud. I just went, what is the point of this? He doesn't really right. have any powers. I was talking about this with my mom. He doesn't really have any powers. He's just the Antichrist. What does that mean? Either way, punt him. He's four That's feet it. off the ground. That's it. Just... And, and that's today's lesson for all of you. Just if a child is giving you a hard time, just punt it. And all, then there's a scene later on in the It's the new movie with Liev Schreiber and, and Julia Stiles. Mm-hmm. And later on in the movie, Liev Schreiber is holding him with one hand and driving very fast in traffic. So you could clearly be doing something about this and you just have yes. not been. Yeah, this is like a manageable thing. It's, uh, yeah. he's four feet I, I just don't... that The whole concept is so stupid. But then... That is stupid. Uh, season two of The Boys came out, so... Or some episodes came out, so I was watching that, and that was also very good. And then I was reading a lot on vacation, which is great. Excellent. So I I am reading uh, Midnight Sun. No, that's Shut not up. what it's called. Oh my god, that's, this is the not- Twilight book. The Twilight book. Is that what it's called? What's it called? I thought, I know, I think you're right. I, I think it is Midnight is Sun. It, is it Midnight Sun? Okay. <laughs> I just keep calling it the Twilight book. It is so fucking bad. And not only is it fucking bad, but it's like a million pages. It's an absurd amount of pages. You know, because I was like, oh yeah, like I, back in high school, I read all the books. So I was like, this is going to be a trip down memory lane. And now I'm reading it and I'm like, I want to stab my fucking eyes out. And you know what? She keeps writing. And, and so many authors do this, and I don't know why they use this phrase, but this phrase makes me want to shoot myself. I'm excited. It'll be like, she chewed thoughtfully, or she munched thoughtfully. And it's like, that's so fucking dumb. Why are those two words put together? But I don't... It's so dumb. And she says it like 35 fucking times. I don't even think I'm 100 pages into this shit. It's, yeah. But I think it was Twilight where they made fun of the, I remember seeing the line back when memes weren't a thing yet, seeing the line that it was like, he chuckled darkly. People were like, how did he, how does one do that? What does that mean? Yeah. Like some of these fucking descriptions are just like, uh, I'll tell you one thing. When I'm fucking chewing, I'm not being thoughtful. I'm fucking masticating that shit so I can swallow it because it probably tastes good. Also, who... Who she is, who is looking at someone eating and thinking they're being thoughtful about this? They're they are thoughtfully eating. I it just is so fucking annoying. Yeah, you're right. Those two you things know, don't go together what, at all. It's like if she had been like, uh, she took a bite and sat 
like sat deep in thought or something like that. I don't know. Anything right. but fucking chewed thoughtfully. Fucking kill me. The amount of times that I've read that shit in this shit. That's all. Wait, oh, and this is from his oh. perspective, right? Oh, yes. So it's so fucking, <laughs> it's so bad. But I like, I, I wanted to do it because I was like, you know, this will be fun. I'm sure it'll be stupid, but like, yeah, it'll, it'll bring me back. And then like, I'm reading it. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, why? And so I've just been shitting on it, and Corey's been listening to me shit on it, and so I feel bad for him. In other news, we've been watching Penny Dreadful, so oh, that's been Oh, good fun. show. It is a good show. It's fucking wild. And, yeah, uh, Eva Green is so good in that show. Oh, yeah. You know what? She plays, like, a really good mess. Yes, she does. Like Winona Ryder. <laughs> like, they just play really yeah, good messes. That's true. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, and, so, but anyway. they're very convincing. Dude, super convincing. Yeah. Like, I mean, she was, you know, in the first season, she's like possessed or whatever. And so she's like losing her shit. And she looked like shit. But like, and I, I mean that as like a compliment. Like she like right. carried off looking like a piece of shit very well. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's all I've got for you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take over, but you said you read a lot on your trip. Yeah, I did. I read, um, I'm thinking about ending things which was wild and weird. But I've never read anything like it, so it was interesting. And then I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which is one of the best books I've ever read. Excellent. Yeah, so it was a good time. I cannot believe that you bought the Twilight book. I know, that was money wasted. <laughs> that I 100% will own up to the fact that that was money wasted. But that's okay. I kind of love Say it, lobby. Thank you. Are you going to read it all the way through? Or are you one of those people that can't not finish a book? Oh, no, I can very easily not finish a book. But, like, I figure, like, I've made it this far through the torture that I could probably withstand the rest. Has he met we'll her see. yet? Oh, yes. Oh, or okay. beyond that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he, she's going to go meet his family. First of all, they make her, like... I don't know. They're, like, I, we'll discuss. It's already, like, ten minutes in. Anyway, everybody. And, well, and Bella Swan's a nightmare of a character anyway, so. Right, yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. Anyway, would you like to go first today or shall I? I can go first. I have an okay. exciting one. This is right up your motherfucking alley. Oh, I am excited. All right. All right. I'm covering the Vrillian broadcast. Okay. I've heard of this, but I actually don't know. I don't know anything about it. Maybe I do, and I don't realize it. So, on the 26th of November, 1977, at 5.10 p.m. in England, a strange broadcast occurred. Ooh. Yeah. Southern Television was the license holder for the ITV service covering parts of the South, Southeast, and Southwest of England. And that's where it, it was interrupted. It was headquartered in Southampton and Dover and broadcast across the South. Southern TV's news anchor, Andrew Gardner, was relating the day's headlines, which in 1977, I don't know what was going on, but I'm sure a bunch of things. But, you know, usual 1977 things. Right. At 10 minutes past 5, 5.10. There it is. British. The TV picture wobbled slightly, and Andrew Gardner was silenced to be replaced by a distorted voice delivering a remarkable message for almost six minutes. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Was it in an alien language? No. Oh, all right. Okay. But the images on the I screen didn't... continued as normal. 
And like oh. a cartoon even followed Andrew. But oh. the the anchor. But the audio was whoever was speaking. Was this distorted ass, auto-tuned ass, yeah. Mm-hmm. The speaker was apparently coming from a communication from an individual identifying themselves as Rillon, representing a body called the Ashtar Galactic Command. What the fuck? Here we go. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I told you, this is your shit. <laughs> I love it. So the consensus of the message was very simple. Humans had to give up their warlike ways and embrace a peaceful existence, basically before it was too late. Oh, okay. There's so much to read because it's six minutes, so I'm going to hit you with the highlights. Give it to me. So the speaker declared that, quote, this is an order that you may share in the Great Awakening as the planet passes into the new age of Aquarius. Oh, here we are, the age of Aquarius. We've made it. Here we are. Wow. He wow. continued to say that, quote, all your weapons of evil must be removed. Okay. All right. Kind of We see that. how this went for us. Yeah. And then he says, quote, have no fear. Seek only to know yourselves and live in harmony with the ways of your planet Earth. <laughs> okay. Here's how he this closes just... this shit. Okay. He ends with, quote, We of the Ashtar Galactic Command, thank you for your attention. We are now leaving the plane of your existence. May you be blessed by the supreme love and truth of the cosmos. <laughs> May we all. <laughs> and then he dipped. Bye. <laughs> I, I fucking knew you would love this. This is just some pothead that got their hands on, like, some kind of, like, device that could interrupt broadcasts and be like, But this is in 77. Like, what did they have? I don't, I don't know. Shit was wonky in 77. Shit was, listen, the Ashtar Galactic Command was calling in. Yeah, ring, ring. Ring, (laughs) ring, bitch, here come the aliens. Peace and love, (laughs) y'all. We out. So, obviously, the people watching TV thought it was some kind of practical joke because what the fuck else could it be? Can you imagine all these British people be like, I don't even know what they would say. What, what's something that British people would say to that? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> About that time, eh, chaps? <laughs> I feel like if anyone was high during this broadcast, can you imagine what they must have felt like? They're just high it as was... balls and they're like, oh my god. It was 77. Everybody was high. And they were all right. just like, Ashtar! Like, holy fuck. They're calling us! <laughs> so, when the normal service resumed, the station apologized and said there was a, quote, breakthrough in sound, unquote. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, I would say more than a breakthrough, pal. He was talking yeah. for six minutes. Six fucking minutes. Can you imagine the people at the TV station just losing their minds collectively for those six minutes? That's a long time. That is a long-ass time to be going on about whatever the fuck. Uh, uh, live in harmony with the ways of your planet Earth. 
Meanwhile, this, That's it. the station's on fire because people are freaking out. I mean, yeah, everybody's running around, coffee's spilling, people are screaming. It's like that episode yeah. of SpongeBob where he can't remember his name. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. I also will say I reference that episode a lot more in my adult life than I ever thought I would. I know. It comes in handy, like, far too regularly. It's a very accurate feeling. It is. I feel it. Like, 24-7. Same. So, late-night television reported the strange happening, which then created more fodder for the newspapers the next day, which created more panic and mania surrounding the event. Yes. No one has ever come forward and claimed responsibility for the act, despite that it would have been quite a feat in that era. Oh, my God. Some person, someday, is going to be on their deathbed and be like, you want to hear something crazy? Guess (laughs) what I did grandkids about it or something oh my god fantastic so here come here come an interesting gang a group of people called fortians who are students of the strange and unexplained us right take their name from the american writer and researcher into strange phenomenon charles fort there's a fortian author and folklorist john repian said that the choosing of the interruption was particular because it was a news broadcast rather than a simple television show or program, quote, lending much more gravitas to the message. Mm. Which I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Choosing the news broadcast seemed to mean that they wanted the strongest possible impact, and even though a cartoon played afterward, it then seemed even creepier and more disquieting with the brilliant voice continuing over the cartoon. Oh, dude, for sure, with the cartoon in the background, yeah. I Yeah, I think that would have been more terrifying to me than anything else. Yeah, that would have been extra, like a whole new level of what the fuck. Repion also thought it was odd that this wasn't played as a prank, as later jamming or disruption communications were, but rather was played straight, not for any fame or publicity. Repion declares, quote, Unlike so many of the broadcast interruptions which came after, mostly in the USA, There is nothing prankish about the brilliant interruption. There's no punchline or rug pull, no swearing or obscenity, or explicit protest of the specific station or media in general. That keeps it ambiguous enough that there's still this glimmer of possibility, no matter how tiny, that the whole thing was and is somehow real. Unquote. Real! Aliens! 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 (laughs) So, obviously... The when the joke had worn down, there was more concern about so- how someone unknown had hacked into a TV network this way, jamming the signal at yeah. the source of a transmitter. And in the 70s, right. hacking wasn't as well known or feasible as it is today, obviously. Yeah, yeah. The Independent Broadcasting Authority launched an investigation, but it's been difficult to find any results on what they found. Uh, aliens. Aliens. IBA, the Independent Broadcasting Authority, Stated to carry out a hoax would take, quote, a considerable amount of technical know-how, unquote. You really lose all your authority when you use the phrase technical (laughs) know-how. Yeah, seriously. And it's like a, that statement is such a, like a, duh. Like, It's also so vague. (laughs) We know, pal. Technical know-how. Perfect print it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're done. We did it. So in 91, 
IBA was replaced by Independent Television Commission, which stopped existing in 2003 because it was folded into another company. So the files on the documentation around Brillian seems to be kind of lost or unavailable. Is it lost? Is it? Or did the aliens do it on poipus? That's it. That's it. Either that or some sci-fi nerd has got him holed up in his bunker. That would be me. <laughs> so that would if if I could have anything, I want this. It would be really interesting to see the notes from people that were there. <laughs> the notes would be probably a whole lot of and then something happened and this weird voice showed up and and live harmoniously with our planet. Okay. Bye. <laughs> I also really wish that there had been a recording of their inside of their newsroom. Oh my god. Can you god, imagine yes. the like frenetic energy? Oh my god. <laughs> Just people screaming. 20,000 people got fired that day. Oh my god. Everyone on the sound team. Everybody got fired, yeah. So, people are obviously continuously fascinated by this broadcast because it was not a threat or an invasion of destruction, but rather an idea of peace. So it wasn't our War of the Worlds. It was much chiller. Yeah, for sure. They seem to want humanity to better itself rather than wanting to overtake it, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And the idea of the new age of Aquarius obviously ties in with the hippie bullshit that was happening then. And even though it was dying out in the late 70s, it was still being used and commonplace and still kind of resounds to this day because all that bullshit's coming back. For sure. Some people, obviously, believed in the broadcast. Right. Three days later, an editor wrote in a local newspaper, quote, how can the IBA or anyone else be sure that the broadcast is a hoax, unquote. And in a different newspaper, someone commented, quote, nobody seemed to consider that Asteron may have been for real, unquote. I mean, there's no way to prove or disprove it, I guess. Yeah, maybe yes or maybe no. I don't know. And by late 85, the story had entered urban folklore with suggestions there had never been any explanation of the broadcast at all. I just... Do they have do they have any theories? They they think it was either somebody that hacked in, which they're like, we don't know how anyone possibly could have done that and then not claim it as something that yeah, they right. did. Yeah. Or it's an alien. That's those are literally the two theories. <laughs> I mean really those I just didn't know if they had like maybe like pinpointed a uh like an environmentalist group or like a something kind of you know, whatever. Like you were saying, I mean basically, yeah. It's, I mean, I, it's honestly, it's either aliens or it's not. Yeah, that's, that's really our, I mean, isn't that what every episode of ours boils down to? That's it's right. aliens or it's not really. I mean, but like, yeah, I don't know. If I were to sit here right now, having listened to this, deep down, I want it so badly to be aliens. Right. But I'm like 99% certain it is not. But I, I think it's, what I think is so funny is that no one ever was like, that was me. Yeah. If I did well, that I... for six minutes on a news broadcast, I would 100% claim that it was me. Oh, you know my ass would. I'd be like, guess what I did today, bitches. But you know what? Like, I guess if they cared deeply enough about the message that they were trying to spread, right. the, the, like, basically, like, hippie bullshit, you know, whatever, then 
they were doing it wholeheartedly, purely for spreading the message and not for the, I guess, right, the fame. fame that would come with doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there was a website that I was reading that was like, so maybe they're still out there waiting for us to put down our weapons. And I was like, good luck. They've been waiting a while, and they're going to keep waiting. I'm definitely going to keep waiting. But it would be super Dude. dope if someone appeared and was like, hello, we're from the Vrillian bo- <laughs> broadcast. I'd be like, hey! Hey! Hi! Dude, it would be so cool if they busted in on our podcast and just took over it. That'd be dope. But they also said sick. that... They said, we are now leaving the plane of your existence, which I also think is so interesting. <laughs> yeah, because they were about to do some next level drugs. Yeah. That's why. They were like, <laughs> all of a sudden, they were like, the ecstasy just kicked in. We gotta go. <laughs> it's hitting. I gotta go. All of a sudden, the chairs are melting. They're like, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, it went from a good trip to a super bad trip. <laughs> but that's That's the brilliant broadcast. What a cool topic. I knew you'd I mean, love you that know- one. Oh, I, I adore it. Like, well, here's why I love it. I mean, first of all, aliens. Yeah. But second of all, it's so, like... It's so ridiculous. It's so absurd. It's so yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> it's, that's why I love it so much. We're leaving the plane of your existence now. And just... <laughs> Same. <yeah>. I'm gonna... <laughs> Ashtar Galactic Next time Command. I'm in a meeting at work, I'm going to use that one. Yeah. I gotta go. I'm leaving the plane of your existence. Take care. Once you look after Mother Earth, bye. <laughs> Go live harmoniously. All right. <laughs> I love it. Good choice. Love that was so cool and really funny. Okay. And I kind of like how harmless they are. Yeah, that's the best part. They're just like, hey, just stopping by to share our message of peace and love. I like that you're yeah. doing a high face. You're you know, squinting your eyes, your smile's really big. Yeah, for sure. You know you know that's what their face was like when they were doing 100%. it, hundred percent. Right? <laughs> and they have one friend in the back that's giggling. They're like, shut up, shut up. Shut up, this is serious. Shut up, we're <laughs> delivering a message. And if it was people, can if they were, like someone was watching TV in the other room, they were like, you guys did it. Like that must have been amazing on its own. Yeah, they were like, whoa, man. Like, dude, I can hear you on the TV. It's like you did it. You're on the TV and you're in the other room. I'm telling you, a bunch of high English bastards they are like, we did it. And then fell asleep and forgot they did it. And then they went and got like fish and chips or whatever. I don't know. Big time. <laughs> Falafel. Yeah. All right. Mine is... Not nearly as amusing as yours is. But that was so awesome. Oh, shit. Maybe we should have ended on mine, but oh, well. That's all right. It's okay. So, today, in case you all couldn't tell from the title of the episode, I am covering the LaLaurie Mansion and its history and its hauntings. Dun, dun, dun. I'm excited for this. Yeah, there's a lot of actually... Okay, so, I mean, it's, it's got a dark history for sure, but I learned some interesting things while I was... I'm researching this. So, basically, I mean, uh, pretty much everybody, I think, has heard of this at some point, like, one way or another, but... An American Horror Story helped. Big time. That, like, I mean, and they, they, I mean, they made it pretty hyperbolic, but they, yeah. Yeah. So, the LaLaurie Mansion 
in case you don't know, is this this mansion in New Orleans. Um, it's like one of the most popular tourist attractions. It's on like basically every ghost tour that you can take in New Orleans. Um, and sometimes people in the city won't even call it by that. They just call it as the haunted house. That's amazing. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Um, and the LaLaurie Mansion was home to Delphine LaLaurie. Um, and actually, at one point, Nicolas Cage owned the house. Really? <laughs> but then lost it because he can't manage his money. <laughs> sure, that story checks out. Nicolas Cage, everybody. He, he handles his money as well as he handles his acting. <laughs> Subpar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is widely considered one of the most haunted houses in New Orleans, uh, especially within the French Quarter. And many people believe that the ghosts of former slaves are uh, who cause most of the hauntings. So let me talk a little bit about the the owner, Delphine. And actually, so it's uh, Marie Delphine McCarty, or McCarthy, who was more commonly known as Madame Blanc, or after her third marriage, Madame LaLaurie. We had many name changes. Uh, she was a New Orleans Creole socialite. And also a serial killer. Perfect. So we're just, what a, a nice mishmash of things. So, she was born during the Spanish colonial period. Uh, she married three times in Louisiana and was twice widowed. Fishy. Very suspicious. Very suspicious. Um, she maintained her position in New Orleans society until April 10th, 1834, uh, when rescuers responded to a fire at her Royal Street mansion, which is the mansion that I'm going to be talking about. Um, they discovered bound slaves in her attic who showed evidence of cruel, violent abuse over a very long period. Jesus. And uh, the house was subsequently sacked by an outraged mob of New Orleans citizens. And then she escaped to France with her family. The, wait a minute. That bitch escaped? Yeah. She's like, adios, fools. I'm going to France. I like that you Why? chose adios. Yeah, I, you know, I like to I like to mix it up. <laughs> uh, all right. Au revoir, fools. I'm going to France. That's better. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's a... Uh, so it's, it's basically like a landmark in the French Quarter, partially because of its history and also because of its architectural significance. Um, however, her house was burned by that angry mob. Um, and the La Lori mansion that is at 1140 Royal Street was in fact rebuilt after her departure. So only parts of it are actually still the original, oh, I guess. That's interesting. Yeah. So early life. She was born in New Orleans, uh, Spanish Louisiana, on March 19th, 1787, as one of five children. Um, her father, uh, Louis Barth- Bartholomew de McCarty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, his father brought the family to New Orleans from Ireland around 1730 during the French colonial period. Um, and then her mother was Marie-Jean L'Erable. L'Erable. <laughs> also known as the widow, Le Comte, as her marriage to Louis B. Maybe it's Louise. I don't know. Louis B. McCarty was her second. Uh, both of her parents were prominent in the European Creole community. Her uncle by marriage was Esteban Rodriguez Miro and was governor of the Spanish American provinces of Louisiana and Florida from 1785 to 91. Fucking ole. Ole. And her cousin Augustine de McCarty was mayor of New Orleans. And she was um, 
four years old when the Haitian Revolution erupted in 1791, and that, like, like, scared slaveholders in the southern U.S. and the Caribbean uh, because they became, like, very nervous about resistance and rebellion among slaves, which, like, good, you guys suck, but, you know, whatever. You fucking pieces of shit. You guys are huge pieces of shit. Okay, and then Delphine's uncle uh, was murdered in 1771 by his own slaves, but, like... See ya! Bye. I mean, kinda had that coming, buddy. And, um... Uh, let's see. And the revolution had inspired the local Mina conspiracy in 1791, the Pont conspiracy in 1794, and the German coast uprising in 1811, all of which that caused many slaveholders to... Uh, like discipline discipline their slaves more harshly out of like fear I guess right basically they were just fucking assholes but okay so we're fast forwarding our first marriage Uh here we are uh, June 11th 1800 Delphine marries Don Ramon de Lopez y Anguilo a caballero de la royal de Carlos a high ranking Spanish royal officer what a cool fucking title that is very true that is dope right okay for sure. Um, and then in 1804, after the American acquisition of what was at the time Spanish Louisiana, uh, it was then again a French territory, and Don Ramon had been appointed to the position of Consul General for Spain and the territory of Orleans, and was called to appear at the court of Spain, and while en route to Madrid with Delphine, who was pregnant at the time, he suddenly died in Havana. And a few days after his death, she gave birth to his daughter, uh, Marie Borja, or Borgia, Delphine Lopez Iangilo de la Candelaria, nicknamed Borgita. Oh. Um, and then, so then uh, Delphine and Borgita went back to New Orleans. Then, the second marriage, 1808, she married Jean Blanc, who was a prominent banker, merchant, lawyer, and legislator. A jack of all trades. Truly. Um... They purchased a house at 409 Royal Street in New Orleans for the family, uh, which later became known as Villa Blanc. And then she had four more children, uh, Marie-Louise Pauline, Louise-Marie Laure, Marie-Louise Jean, and Jean-Pierre Pauline Blanc. <laughs> Jesus. Also, can she get off the Marie-Louise train? I know, like, she's just, like, mixing and matching, and, I mean, this is, like, a two-for-one sale. I mean, I guess when you're calling them downstairs, they all just come. (laughs) Yeah, right, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's, like, when my mom used to get pissed at, like, my brother and I when we were kids. She would combine our names, so instead of Chris and Cass, it would become Crass, and then we both knew that we were just in trouble collectively. My mom still, Melissa, Anna. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I get that all the time. And then, uh, okay, this husband dies in 1860. Oh, bye. There's not, like, a lot of detail about these deaths, but, like, if you ask me two dead husbands in a row, I'm just she's saying. She's murdering them. She's killing them. So, third message. Third message. Third, third message. marriage. <laughs> third message. Uh, she marries physician Leonard Lewis Nicholas LaLaurie. What is with everybody in, like, 16 names? I think that was the Jesus. time. Yeah, for sure. So, he was uh, significantly younger than her. Oh. So, we're having, like... A cougar moment, a little bit. In 1831, uh, she bought she bought the property at 1140 Royal Street. Oh. Uh, she managed it in her own name with little involvement of her husband. In 1832, she had a two-story mansion built there, complete with slave quarters. 
and then she lived there with her third husband and two of her daughters and maintained a central position in New Orleans society. Uh, the marriage had signs of strain, and in 1832, she petitioned the first judicial district court for a separation from bed and board of her husband, in which uh, Delphine claimed that he had treated her in such a manner as to render their living together unsupportable, and claims uh, which her son and two of her daughters uh, confirmed. And then the separation doesn't seem to have been permanent, as he was present at the Royal Street House the day of the fire. Oh. Also, so, bitch, come on. We know what you're doing with your other two husbands. You don't like them, just murder them. Just kill them. What's so different about this one? Yeah. Just, you know, you, you did it two more times. Why, because he's on. a physician? He can save himself? Yeah, right. He can just, you know, like, I don't know, stitch his head back on. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> okay, so now's the, the really sad, like, really terrible stuff. Okay. So, okay, we're getting to, like, the torture and murder of the enslaved people, and then we'll get into the fire, too. So... Accounts of her treatment of the enslaved people that she kept um, between 1831 and 1834 are mixed. Um, one person wrote in 1838, uh, let's see, uh, recounted tales that were told to her by other residents uh, during a visit to the area, and they claimed that enslaved people kept by La Lori were observed to be singularly haggard and wretched. However, in public appearances, La Lori was seen to be generally polite to black people and solicitous of the health of the enslaved people that she kept. Well, no shit, because she had to keep up appearances. Right. So, of course, she was going to be, like, playing some bullshit. Yeah. Um, funeral registers between 1830 and 1834 document the deaths of 12 enslaved people at that Jesus. house. Jesus. I know. Although the causes of death are not mentioned. Probably because she paid off the person. Also, I think it's terribly suspicious that also her husband's deaths are weird and so are these slaves deaths yeah like are we not adding things together here like what <laughs> i mean i'm just saying so okay uh these 12 deaths include bon who was a cook and laundress and her four children juliet uh who was 13 um florence who was 10 jules who was six and leontine who was uh, three. Fuck um, sorry, off. I had to do the math while I was reading them. Yeah, that's um, fucking terrible. I don't even fuck have this woman. That. Yeah, uh, Bon, the the mother, had previously belonged to a refugee from Saint Domingue, and was uh, described in her sale as a chronic runaway with an influx of white and free colored uh, Saint Domingan let's see, refugees and enslaved people that they kept the fear of enslaved people from that area lingered in Louisiana at the time. Uh, court records from this time frame showed that LaLaurie, quote, freed two of the enslaved people that she kept. That just seems like bullshit to me. Yeah, but, that seems like a lot yeah. of horseshit to me. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it was written that public rumors stated that she uh, mistreated these enslaved people and that she, let's see, that she kept, and they were like, these rumors were widespread, so much so that a local lawyer was dispatched to her home to remind Delphine of the laws for the upkeep of enslaved people. So like, pe like word was getting out that she was just like fucking terrible to these people. Right. Also, and it's a very absurd sentence that there's a law for the upkeep of enslaved people. Hello? I know. I know. What the fuck are I we know. doing, gang? 
I know, right. And then, the, then they dispatch the lawyer to remind her. It's like, oh my god. Um, other tales of her horrifying abuses uh, were recounted by different people. It was said that subsequent to the visit of the lawyer, one of uh, Delphine's neighbors saw one of the enslaved people that she kept, um, who was a girl around eight years old, fall to her death from the roof of the mansion Jesus. while trying to avoid punishment from a whip-wielding Delphine. Um, the body was subsequently buried on the mansion grounds. A woman named Jean Delavine, in a 1945 account, gave the child's age as 12 years and gave her a name, uh, Leah. Later writers elaborated on the case, saying that Leah had been brushing Delphine's hair when she hit a snag, causing Delphine to grab a whip and chase her. Are you kidding me? I fucking hate this woman with all my heart and soul. I know. She's such a fucking, like, if there's a hell... She has to be there. I mean, come on. And it's not, it's not, I don't want it like the the pretty version of hell. I want Dante's Inferno, like you're buried upside down kind of shit. Oh yeah, like I want like some nasty shit happening to this yeah. woman. Yeah. <clears throat> um, according to Martineau, this incident led to an investigation of the LaLaurie family in which they were found guilty of illegal cruelty and forced to forfeit nine of the enslaved people that they kept. Why not all of them? Why not all of them? Why, like, why only nine? Like, I don't understand why... That's such an arbitrary number. Like, how did they arrive? And, like, how did they choose which... Like, I don't understand that. But the nine enslaved people were bought back by the LaLauries through an intermediary relative. Oh, cool. So and that returned, didn't work. Right, and then returned back to the residence. Um, <clears throat> also, why isn't she going to jail? She's murdering people. I know. For ser- like for, for serious, I was going to say. For sure. Um, it was said that she kept her cook chained to the kitchen stove and beat her daughters when they attempted to free uh, the enslaved people that she kept. So her daughters try to, like, I guess, break some of them out or, right. you know, whatever. Um, on April 10th, 1834 the fire broke out it started in the kitchen uh when the police and fire marshals got there they found the cook who was a 70 year old woman and she was chained to the stove by her ankle that's fucking terrible oh my god she later said that she had set the fire as a suicide attempt because they all wanted to die because she could not live in those conditions anymore and she said that the enslaved people taken to the uppermost room never came back so the uppermost room being like the attic um, as reported in the New Orleans Bee of April 11th, 1834, bystanders responding to the fire attempted to enter the quarters of the enslaved people to ensure that everyone had been evacuated. Upon being refused the keys by the LaLauries, the bystanders broke down the doors to the quarters of the enslaved people and found seven slaves, more or less, horribly mutilated, suspended by the neck with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one extremity to the other. Who claimed to have been imprisoned there for some months. Isn't that fucking awful? Jesus Doesn't that make you, that makes fucking Christ. That makes me like nauseous and so angry. I I I think the for I mean, I'm not even going to get into the fact that when people say, "Oh, it was that time." The fact that you're owning another human being is a yeah. wild sentence and that should already be that not allowed. Right. So the right, fact that that exactly. happened and then that w- people like this existed makes me want to rip out eyeballs. I know. Seriously. It's fucking, it's, it's, 
disgusting. It's terrible. It's awful. It's, it's like every ungodly. negative word that I can think of. Yeah, it is. Um, but also, shout out to those bystanders for being like, you're not going to give us the key? Fuck you, we're getting in here. We're breaking in. Yeah, I know, exactly. So one of the people who entered the premises was Judge Jean-Francois Canot, who subsequently deposed to having found in the Lollerie Mansion, among others, quote, a negress wearing an iron collar and, quote, an old Negro woman who had received a very deep wound on her head who was too weak to be able to walk. Uh, he said that when he questioned LaLaurie's husband about the enslaved people, he was told in an insolent manner that, quote, some people had better stay at home rather than come to others' houses to dictate laws and meddle with other people's business. Quote. Oh, fuck off. I know. A version of this story circulating in 1836 recounted by um, a woman named Martineau, added that the enslaved people were emaciated and showed signs of being flayed with a whip and were bound in restrictive postures and wore spiked iron collars which kept their heads in static positions. Uh, when the discovery of the violently mutilated and horrifically tortured enslaved people became more widely known, a mob of local citizens attacked the residents and demolished and destroyed everything upon which they could lay their hands. Good. A share... Yeah, very good. A sheriff and his officers were called upon to disperse the crowd, but by the time the mob left, the property has, had sustained major damage, with scarcely anything remaining but the walls. Uh, the enslaved people were taken to a local jail, where they were available for public viewing, which is disgusting. That's fucking horrible. That is so terrible. Um, and the Bee reported uh, that by April 12th, up to 4,000 people had attended to view them. You fuckers. themselves of their sufferings. Isn't that, that's, I, I hate And, and she escaped. And she escaped. So, um, let's see. Several weeks after the evacuation of the LaLaurie's slave quarters, um, it was claimed that two of the enslaved people found in the mansion had died since their rescue. Um, we, un and it added, quote, we understand that in digging in the yard, bodies have been disinterred and the condemned well in the grounds of the mansion having been uncovered, others, particularly that of a child, were found, quote. Um, and then these claims were repeated by several other people who wrote about it. Uh, some, some placed the number of unearthed bodies at two, some at more than that. Uh, so then, okay, so after the 1834 fire, uh, her life is not very well documented. Um, it was said that she fled New Orleans during the mob violence that followed the fire, um, and took a coach to the waterfront and traveled to Alabama and then to Paris. And then by the time she, uh, the person who was writing about it, personally visited the Royal Street Mansion, it was still unoccupied and badly damaged. And then later in life, um, Delphine's son, Paulin, uh, wrote in August 15th, 1842, to his brother-in-law, August, stating that Delphine was serious about returning to New Orleans and had thought about doing so for a long time. Um, some say that she never did return, uh, and the circumstances of her death are unclear. It, it doesn't really say... I hope really it was say... horribly, horribly violent. Yeah, I hope it was a fucking terrible death. I gotta be honest. Like, I hope I it was just I hope it was the worst like, death possible and incredibly painful. Right, yeah. In 1888, George Washington Cable recounted a popular but unsubstantiated story that she had died in France in a boar hunting accident. Uh, in the late 1930s, um, another person discovered 
an old cracked copper plate in alley four of the cemetery, the inscription reading Madame LaLaurie, um, and then a bunch of shit in French that I don't understand, but essentially her nameplate. So it's not really known how she died. Like after she left, it's just kind of, it's all a little bit fuzzy with the, the rest of her life. Um, Which is unfortunate that she even made it out of there alive and that she had a life she should have, after She should have died. Yeah, exactly. Let me talk about the ghosts a little bit. Because you know this shit has got to be haunted. Hell yeah. With all of the terrible stuff that happened there. Um, for almost 200 years, there have been reports of paranormal activity coming from the house. Uh, it shouldn't surprise many that the hauntings like, are attributed to slaves that she kept there. Um... The uppermost room where the slaves were often kept, uh, there's there are reports of moaning coming from that room that are very common, and also phantom footsteps that echo through the house. Uh, many people who have stood near the house reported feeling as if they were overtaken by a negative energy. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, it's... Jesus. So, um, despite all of the ghost stories and paranormal happenings at the LaLori house, um, it would be stupid to believe that most of them can't be traced back to her and everything that she did and the people who were there um in 1894 a tenant who lived at the mansion after it was converted into apartments was brutally murdered in his room oh they found his they found his belongings ransacked as if someone had gone through them uh the police assumed he was a victim of robbery even though nothing of value was found missing Um, An account of the murder deals with police interviewing neighbors about his disappearance. One of his friends claimed that he was having problems with, quote, sprites in his house. Um, His friend wrote it off as imagination running wild with him. Um, But he did say that his friend told him that there was a demon in the house who wasn't going to rest until he met his end. So, Hmm. that's something. Uh, I don't think that has anything to do with any of the slaves. I think it was just Honestly, I think it was a guy that just got killed. And in a way, I hope that that the ghosts aren't the slaves. That would be so terrible if they're still fucking stuck there in the afterlife. They do not. They should not be there. That would be so fucking awful. Yeah. Put that bitch Um, back there on her own. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Let's see. So the mansion was, for a very brief time, also a school for girls during the mid to late 19th century. Um... At first, it was one of the few mixed schools in the uh, the city of New Orleans. Um, Politics during the Reconstruction era were convoluted, and um, eventually it was uh, converted into strictly an all-girls African-American primary school. Within a short amount of time, reports of physical assaults came to life. Uh, Light. Um, Young girls would approach their teachers uh, crying with their sleeves rolled up and the flesh on their forearms were like all scratched and bruised. Um, the teachers would ask and then they would always say the same thing. And it was that woman. Oh shit. I know. Uh, the girls were young enough to probably not be like aware of necessarily the history of the place. Um, but it was also, unlikely that the teachers themselves would tell like six seven eight year olds about that story in the, the building where they go to school yeah. right yeah um so like that to me is pretty crazy right because it's so 
young girls, like the one girl that she was like after, mm-hmm. uh, they're all African American girls at this school. Um, and like all of them were always saying it was that woman. Right. And they could, I don't think that they would like purposely scratch their arms and bruise themselves and things like that just to like fuck with the teachers. No. And I think maybe one is an anomaly, but to have multiple but, people doing it and saying right. this. Yeah, exactly. Mediums and psychics have come by. Uh, one, it's reported that she was on a tour and like throughout the entire night, the medium had sensed things about different locations before the tour guide even told the story. Uh, but within the first sight of the mansion, the medium like took in like a deep breath and said such sadness. And then she would like, she was rocking back and forth on her heels and she was pulling out her phone and she went to take a picture of the mansion. Uh, and there is a window that's bricked up and she said, the bricked up window, that's not where the little girl fell out of. The tour guide paused because she hadn't gotten to the part of the story yet about the little girl. Uh, but then she said, no, you're right. The story goes that Leah fell into the courtyard. Uh, as for the bricked up window, I suspect that someone did some interior decorating but wanted to maintain the symmetry outside of the home. Um, and then, like, later the medium experienced a heavy emotion, like, like um, a heavy weight on her shoulders, and she sensed the spirit of a young boy who liked to play pranks on the living, and the spirit of a little girl who was usually nervous. Um, and the tour guide asked if the um, the medium felt like any helplessness or anger and the medium said no that whatever happened then with Lalori does not visit the house any longer hmm i like hope that's the case except for her like i hope like you said if there are like any of the slaves stuck there or anything like that i hope that they're not there anymore yeah i i don't they had to stay in prison there in life they shouldn't be there in death yeah exactly um, a, a tour guide also shared a st- like a personal story. Um, on one occurrence, a tour guide was giving a, a ghost tour. They were at the Lalori Mansion, standing across from the front door, and to their right, uh, there was another tour group discussing the tragedies. Um, but then it like, you know, as they were going through the story and everything else, all of a sudden the tour guide felt a tug on her messenger bag, which was draped over her shoulder, and she stopped. Uh, in the middle of her story and twisted to look over her shoulder and convinced that she, like, it might have been, like, a pickpocket or somebody like that. Um, and she just exclaimed right in the middle of a tour. And then she, like, told everybody what had happened, but there was nobody there. So she turned back around and, and got back into character and, like, continued on. And then ten seconds later, she felt the tug again, but harder. Like, it was, like, a sharp yank. So she turned around again and no one was there. Um, and then, you know, she told the tour what happened again, and she said their faces were priceless. <laughs> I bet. I'm so sure. So, two weeks, two weeks later, at the corner of, um, Governor Nichols and Royal Street, the tour guide was out, you know, doing another group, or whatever, and then the LaLaurie Mansion, of course, was, like, the big stop on it. Uh, she positioned her group under a set of street lamps, uh, which had been burnt out for a while. And she started telling the story, but the second she said the name Leah, the lamps turned on, and everyone in the group paused. And uh, then she went on with the show, you know, whatever. And then when she said the name Leah again, the lamps went out again. Oy, oy, oy. Which is pretty wild. So that's like, I mean, those are the highlights of it or whatever, but it's a wild story. And it's also something that, like, 
I hate that it took, like, American Horror Story to bring people's attention to this. Yeah, I agree. You know, I feel like this is something that should be more widely discussed. It is so terrible, and, like, the terrible things that happen there should be recognized. Yeah. Um, And I think it's important to bring these stories to light because we need to have a fuller picture of our ancestors, as Americans, of our ancestors and how they lived and what they did. I think that's important. Yeah, and this woman is just like a nightmare pure evil you know just absolute evil um so she's just a really terrible woman i will say this unrelated i've seen it when i went to new orleans oh that's right really 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 beautiful architecture i will say that it's very pretty um but it's um you know and it's definitely like it's a place where they don't let you inside the house or anything oh do they not they don't they don't do that no you have to just, like, any tours that you take, they just stay outside of it. You can't go in. Um, Can you not go in at all, it, or do you have to go in on, like, a separate tour with that house? N- no, to my knowledge, you can't go in at all. Oh. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is just insane to me, and, like, 120% believe that it could be haunted, but I sincerely hope that it's not haunted by those poor people. Yeah. Um, but, like, I mean, if anywhere was going to be haunted, like... Yeah, right, exactly. You know? So, that's pretty much... That's it. I mean, she was, like, not even a pile of shit. She was worse than that. And, um... I would say we have very few people on the podcast that we really hate. I would think the woman who tortured Sylvia Likens, she's up there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This woman's up there. Yeah. And they're usually... I really hate to be this person. They're usually women. I know. Isn't that crazy? I think, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because we have this idea that women are supposed to be so nurturing and so kind and all this kind of bullshit. But then it's also like, what the fuck happened to you, bro? Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, what what happened that she, like, I, I don't know. And I gotta say for sure, like, those two husbands that died, like, come She on. murdered them. She had to have killed them. So, um, yeah, sorry to end on such a heavy note, but that's the La Lori mansion. Oof. God damn. That's heavy stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's haunted? I would hope that it's haunted by her, and she's constantly yeah. annoyed that people are in her house, and she just can't leave. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. And I hope that's how, that's how she exists forever. Yeah. Because Fair fuck enough. you, bitch. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I don't know. Let us know what you think. Do you think it's haunted? If so, who do you think is haunting it? The fact that, like, th- that's what bothers me, though, a little bit. Like, with the tour guide, when, like, when she said Leah and the lights turned on and then they turned off again, or whatever, like, the tour guide wouldn't have any power over that. Like, the company wouldn't have any power over that type of thing. Right. And she, but it literally happened right when she said the name. And I hate that, though, because that was one of the little girls that, like, that was the one that, like, jumped off the roof. Which, that's terrible. That's so horrible. So, like, I I mean, I hate that because it's like, well, she shouldn't still be stuck there. That's, you know. I know. In a way, I hope she isn't. She just heard her name and was like, ha Yeah, right? Yeah. I hope that she's not stuck there. I hope that she's whatever. Oh. But anyway, let us know what you think. Um, 
go forth and live harmoniously with our planet. That's right. (laughs) And with other people, because we're all people, y'all. That's right. And until next time... Stay strange. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.